FFMX Network production. It's the NFAB Racer X Moto Dynasty Fantasy Moto Show. Welcome to the NFAB Racer X Fantasy Moto Show. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We were obviously off last week, uh, but we're back for the outdoors. It's coming up this weekend. Hangtown on the, uh, on the agenda and Motocross Fantasy. We are here to help you solve all, the, all your fantasy leagues and uh, take home prizes and uh, take home bragging rights and be the number one fantasy player in the whole wide world. Well, anyways, we're going to try. N-Fab.com, great guys down there. N-Fab, JGR Yamaha, of course, with Filthy Phil, who's in for all the outdoors. Justin Barsha and Weston Pike. Dress up your Jeep, truck, or SUV with the hottest-looking, hardest-working accessories from NFAB. To learn more about NFAB products, visit n-fab.com. Great guys. They support the sport. They're helping off-road team out. I've got a set of steps in my truck. Half the pits probably have something in their truck from NFAB. And uh, Thomas and the boys down there are supporting this show, the NFAB Racer X Fantasy Moto Show. Uh, thanks, everybody, for listening. We appreciate it. Uh, my name's uh, Steve Mathis, as usual. With my line is the real fantasy moto expert, or that's what he claims anyways, the Jason Thomas. I don't know that I really claim that, but I've been doing this thing a long time, and I feel like I do all right. So yeah, sure, why not? Yeah, sure, why not? Take it. Um, you're better at it than me. So the uh, uh, basically what we did in Supercross is we did the Pro Moto Fan, the Rocky Mountain ATV, Supercross Fantasy, and then uh, Moto Dynasty and Motocross Fantasy. But for this outdoor season, JT, Pro Moto Fan is a Supercross-only league, I guess. I didn't know that, but you you told me that. Yeah, I I, I want to say that they've done outdoors before, but I, they're not this year. So right. I could be wrong on that, but I just know we we do know they're not doing it this year. That's right. all that really matters. And Rocky Mountain is a Supercross only league, so they're done. Yep. And we thank those guys for supporting our our show for uh, many weeks in Supercross. So what we have uh, is basically uh, Moto Dynasty and uh and motocross fantasy which are two different leagues really two different uh strategies involved two different things going on and uh lots of debate about when it comes to to the two leagues and uh what's good what's bad and and everything else um what you'd want to do is uh is go to moto dynasty on the racer x link and you pick 20 guys it's overall for outdoors folks so this is overall positioning for outdoors 20 guys each class and uh Really, the key, just like the Supercross thing, is you want to get guys that are going to be in the top twenty. Now it's harder and harder outdoors with random moto scores and everything else. But you really like let's let's take a look at it and look as best you can to try to you know do as best you can because if you if you pick somebody who's not doesn't get any points, you're going to lose out quite a bit. So try to get as many guys in the top twenty as you can. And and motocross fantasy is four riders each class. There's a handicap to each class, and obviously with outdoors starting up this weekend, you can pick anybody. The, uh, the the field is wide open for you, but you can't pick the same guy two weeks in a row. So you want to keep that in mind going down the road for reasons that we will get into here in a little bit. N-Fab.com, great guys, and uh, thanks to RacerX, thanks to Moto Dynasty for all this, and uh, Motocross Fantasy as well. So, JT, the outdoors is significantly harder to do well at Motocross Fantasy. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I, I do. I do. Yeah, there's. It, it's a lot different. I think you said it correctly at the beginning. It's they're just very, very different as far as everything about them, strategy, the thought processes, all that. So, um, yeah, just two different ways of going about it. Yeah, it just it just takes outdoors the strategy. Look, when we say it all the time, the strategy 
for Supercrosses to try to wait as late as possible. Look at the heat race lineups for heat race for Moto Dynasty because you get points for heat race, fastest qualifier, and hole shots. Look at the practice time, so where these guys are settling in. Um, but really, with the 250 Supercross class broken apart, you know you have your top five guys in each class pretty pretty well sorted out each week. And if you look at the practice times as late as you can, you can get all right. You can do okay. Well, outdoors, man, you want to do all that and more. Uh, do Make your picks as late as possible, like you had said, JT. Um, but also, too, keep in mind, certain guys go go better on certain tracks. Um, the heat of the race, it, how hot it is, is going to play a factor into somebody's fitness. Um, there's so many things, JT, that goes involved in, in thinking about who can do well outdoors in Fantasy Moto. Yeah, the uh, the outdoors really add a, a lot of dimensions that I don't think Supercross offers. And if I had a choice between playing Fantasy Moto for outdoors or Supercross, it would be, uh, you know, 100 times out of 100, it would be the outdoor series. I, I just feel like it offers a lot more uh, choice and variety. Uh, you have 35-minute races twice. Uh, so, in essence, you're getting twice as many points per weekend uh, in each class. So... There's just a lot more to take in, uh, the, you know, the track terrain and the weather and the, uh, the heat and the type of soil. And, you know, some guys are better when it's, uh, you know, early in the season, late in the season. There's just so many things that Supercross doesn't have. Mm-hmm. You know, and there are great things about Supercross, but for Fantasy Moto, this is what you want to be doing. So uh, I enjoy it. I actually get more excited coming into outdoors for this stuff. I look at it earlier in the week. Uh, just everything you can think about as far as, you know, being more into it, I, I just mm-hmm. I think this offers more. So I'm excited about it. I'm excited to talk with you guys about it. Um, you know that the supercrossing was great, and that's where we debuted it. But when you really start to talk about strategy and how we can help you guys do better on the weekends, I feel like we're going to have a lot to offer you guys. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully, for example, uh, Blake Baggett does well at Hangtown. This is a very strong track for him. You got to know that. Josh Grant does well at Redbud and Millville. These are things that you need to know going in that these guys do well. Um, but, but, and you're, and you're right. You're absolutely right. And I know the, the, the point you're trying to make. But in that same breath, Blake Baggett does great at Hangtown. Absolutely correct. But he also does spectacularly well at Glen Helen. Yeah. So if, if you decided to choose him at Hangtown, you can't at Glen Helen. In motocross fantasy, yes. In the motocross fantasy league, right. So stuff like that, you really have to right. think about it more because in Supercross, it really doesn't matter. Oh, okay, I, I picked him in Detroit. I can't pick him in Indy. You know, like, yeah, yeah. who cares? Right. Like, it doesn't matter. So, strictly for motocross fantasy, that's a completely added dimension that Supercross doesn't really offer. Um, exactly. And also, too, uh, Sean Collier, I believe, is going to show up at Glen Helen and Hangtown. Uh, SoCal dude, he's ripped before. Uh, he'll do well. Killy Rusk does well at Lakewood. He's from there. Doesn't have a ton of time on the track, he said, but but he does well at Lakewood. Like he got a twelfth or something last week, last year. Um, yeah, I believe he's from New Mexico, so it's, yeah, it's for sure it's home race, I would think. Right, and then you also have a guy like Tommy Week showing up at Washougal, uh down the road a little bit and, and seeing what he can do. Um, he'll do well there. He's obviously he rides there all the time. I think he runs the track. So these are things that you need to pay attention to. And the way you pay attention to them, if you don't have this kind of knowledge like JT and I do, is look at the practice times, qualifying times, and look at these dudes and see what you can do um, to get them in. Now, generally speaking, motos are at 1 o'clock, so if you're on the West Coast, you know, that's uh, that's 10 o'clock in the morning 
Um, well, well, let's hold on a second. The first two rounds, the motors are at two local time. They are. So yeah, yeah. Be very, very careful uh, on you know. And, and I know that it's hard to be careful when you have an extra hour. But for instance, Muddy Creek, uh, it's going to be at twelve or twelve thirty. So um, just make sure you're paying attention to the times because they do change a few times throughout the season. And it would be a it would be a shame if you know, at Muddy Creek when it starts early, if you're looking at practice times and all of a sudden the motos are on. So. Yeah. The, the real key to this is maybe being a bit of a dork and having time on your hands. <laughs> yeah, right. So, well, you, you know. I, I feel both of us are getting close to being, we're about to stretch as thin as we can get. And we still find time to look at this stuff. So, mm. uh, it, it's possible. It's, it's all about priorities. But if you're taking this seriously, which I do, I have for a long time, and if you're listening to this podcast, I feel like you're probably taking it seriously. If you go, uh, you're not going to go out to a lot of the races, JT. So if you go out for Friday night and get trashed, you better wake up in the morning and get your point, your picks in before that first moto starts. Yeah, you're right for sure. But I mean, I'm just like you. This is all I've ever done, been around, watched my whole life. So you can bet your ass I'll be, you know, stuck glued <laughs> to my computer every morning watching times and and right. the. The Ally Sports pre-show and all that stuff. Yeah, how much? Uh, how much do you think about the weather in terms of how things are going to go? And are you paying attention? Obviously, you go to most of these races until this year. You've been to, to pretty much all the races. How much do you, does, that, does that play into effect? Either rain, mud, you know, extreme heat, whatever. How much do you think about that when it comes to your picks? The rain, um, not as much. Uh, if you're looking at a guy like Jesse Nelson, Mitchell Oldenburg. Um, guys that we've seen do very, very well in the mud, which I don't feel like there are a ton of those guys where you can just absolutely count on them doing well in, in the rain. Uh, that would be one thing. Generally, I just try to pick a little bit more of the solid guys when, mm-hmm. it, when it's wet mm-hmm. uh, because I know their equipment is, is top-notch. They're quality guys. They're going to get you know everything, every advantage as far as the bike and their bikes are going to finish and all that kind of, those kinds of things that you can control. Yeah. Um, yeah. The heat is a different story. Uh, that's where you really have to put some thought into it and say, okay, this guy, I would go back and look at results. You know, if it's a guy that's been around for a few years, maybe go back and look at like a freestone when it's been crazy hot. How did he do? How did he fare there? Um, those are you really, <clears throat> you know, I would stay away from a guy like Christoph Purcell. And, and I know that's not fair to say to him, but I, that's what I believe. Uh, if it's very hot, he's not the guy you want. It's just, you know, that makes sense. So mm-hmm. that's what I would look at the heat and the, and the really, really rough tracks, which rough tracks, which like, um, forget about the, you know, the local big guy thing. I would go for guys that are really, really in shape, you know, like a Brett Metcalf, mm-hmm. uh, who has proven when the tracks get rough and it, that's when he shines. So yeah. you really have to put thought in that. That's what I keep coming back to is the outdoors just offer all of that, uh, basic strategy and, and thought processes that Supercross, Yeah. It's just kind of, you know, as long as you pick guys that make sense, you're you're probably going to be okay. But outdoors, you can really see a big difference as far as uh, making the right choices. Man, with a, with a league like Moto Dynasty, um, picking twenty guys—that's tough. That's really tough. Uh, it is, but yeah. I, I feel like the same policies apply. Um, yeah. You know, maybe maybe this first one's going to be tough because for those of you who have been listening to our Supercross podcast, you know we like to do <clears throat> put these guys into little groups. And for the outdoors, we're going to be kind of guessing, you know, this first week especially. Um, you know, Blake Baggett's been in our 6 to 10 group, but 
mm-hmm. he's going to be better than that outdoors. So mm-hmm. we've got to kind of reassess where he's going to be. Uh, Josh Grant, I had really, really high hopes for. Uh, he's just hoping to race now. So yeah. Yeah. we're, we're kind of guessing uh, on the on the Moto Dynasty side as far as where these guys are going to finish. Um, but at the same time, you have to go back. And, and there's so much data available now. You know, all these websites have years and years of, of backlog moto finishes and all this stuff. Don't be scared to use that. Go on promotocross.com. Go in the Racer X vault. Go look at these results. Mm-hmm. Because, guys, you know, uh, leopards don't change your spots. You know, if, if a guy's been really, really good uh, at Hangtown, he's going to be really, really good at Hangtown again. Yeah. That's just how these things work. Yeah. So uh, use the resources that are available. Uh, the lap times are certainly very important, as we've said all during Supercross. But when you have tracks that are exactly the same, I feel like you can use past year, past year's results much more than you could in Supercross. Right, right. Also, too, um, one thing that can get people more, maybe more so outdoors than uh, Supercross is the dreaded uh, fantasy killer, guy who lays down fast laps in, uh, in one lap in the qualifying and then can't put two motos together. That. Yeah, there's there's definitely that. Um, that's that's the struggle with one lap qualifying races is you know especially the local kid, um, the local guy you've never heard of that you know he looks so damn attractive with his handicap. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know he'll have like a 18 handicap and you're like and he qualified ninth. Mm-hmm. Um, but man, you got to really be careful of that because he's probably not in great shape and. Yeah. With the amount of guys that are healthy, good luck getting inside the top twenty after thirty-five minutes. It's going to be right. a tough, tough fight. So, yeah. and there's there's more than a few guys who can do pretty well in qualifying and then kind of just crap out in the motos. And that's where, like you said, you stick to what you know. Uh, you got a veteran guy like uh, you know a Justin Brayton or somebody who's say a couple seconds slower than some guy that just can't put it together. Stick with the Brayton. There's a reason why he's got a ride and gets paid a salary and is national number ten. You know, there's a reason why. So. Yeah, 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 you have uh, you have past things you can you can kind of count on and, and bank on. I mean, there are times when uh, that guy will pay off. You know, yeah. we've seen yeah. just that crazy finish out of a guy, but more times than not, it's it's just that one lap hero status. And then in the the motos, just you know, things happen. These guys are probably racing on their practice bikes at times, and all kinds of things. Just mm-hmm. you know, anything anything that can happen generally does happen in an outdoor motocross race. Yeah, like I'll I'll probably pick Collier to do pretty well at Glen Helen, which which I did last year, and he got me max points in both motos. I yeah. mean, it was a yeah. great great pick for me. But I've I've picked Sean Collier for years and years, and he's burned me many many times. Right, right. Uh, just because it, you know he's he's generally not on a factory bike, you know, the past few years anyway. So bikes break. I mean, you know, brakes the rear brakes go out, and all these little dumb things that. Uh, just happen to motocross bikes when you're pushing them that hard for that long. Yeah. We, uh, we covered some of the preview. We did a 250 preview today and uh, a 450 preview on uh, Monday. So we've covered some of the guys that we think are going to, you know, do well or be there um, each week as far as that goes. But, I mean, again, talking about Moto Dynasty here, uh, JT, top 20 guys overall, kind of put them in groups again, right? So you got you got Dungey and Roxon and Tomac. Keep an eye on Roxon and his ankle, and maybe some other injuries that have popped up. So keep an eye on that. But that's your top three. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, I've done 
by this point in the week, I know you have probably as well. We know we've done these preview podcasts. I've done my staging area column that will come out tomorrow. Uh, I did our hammerhead design column that uh, goes exclusively on Pulp MX. I've done all these columns, and they're, they all have predictions in them and all this kind of stuff. So I've had a lot of time to think and write about this stuff, and I just can't get around those three being in that group and no one else for right now anyway. Yeah. You know, Baggett is a wild card, but those three have to be in your top three. Yeah, I agree, in some sort of order. Do you have – I mean, you got to think Rocks is going to be a bit rusty. I, I would put him third right now. Just going in and without seeing practice, I'd put him third. That's what that's where I have him too. Yeah. Uh, I just you know I think that he he could go out and beat those guys. I, I don't think that that's a complete stretch. But mm-hmm. if you look at the momentum, if you look at his ankle, we don't is still kind of a question mark. He's on a, a bike that he hasn't raced outdoors ever. Mm-hmm. Um, how can you put him ahead of Dungey and Tomac, who have been so damn good lately and are coming in with a full head of steam? Mm-hmm. You know there are no question marks yeah. with those guys. So uh, you know on, on a if everything's equal, they're they're really close, but the other two just have a little bit more going for them at this point, I think. Until you see, I mean, those those are your top three. Those are going to be your guys, I think. But when it comes to other guys, I think that uh, until you see the practice times, it's really tough to pick them. Like who's who's done their homework? Who's even racing for sure when it gets to the fifteen to twenty range? You know? Right. I yeah. Mean, absolutely. I mean, these guys. Change classes, you know, guys like Matt Lemoyne are racing the 450 class. and Cunningham's uh, racing a 452, by yeah, the way. Yeah, I, I don't even know what Martin Davos is doing. He could be in Ecuador, for all I know. You know, like, there's just so right. much uh, uncertainty when it comes to uh, this first round and who's doing what and who's going to show up. And uh, guys are like, oh, no, I'm taking the summer off, you know, but we never heard about it. So, what about, uh, okay, so what about the wild card 377? Where would you put him right I think now? you nailed it with the wild card. Um, yeah. I think he'll be fast. You know, the one last thing is, is his, it's his forte. You know, he's yeah. good at that. And I think the 450 makes it, I think that the 450 brings out that even in, in him even more. Mm-hmm. Uh, because he, he is the kind of rider that really, really knows how to maximize what a bike is capable of. Right, uh, right. He, will, he will know how to use the 450 power where he can. Where the 250 is a little bit more just kind of bonsai-ish. Yeah. Uh, you can't ride a 450 like that, and I feel like he's a tactician where he can, he'll be able to lay down one good lap. I really feel like he'll be near the front or at the front in almost every practice. Okay, but, yeah, but where do you put him in the motos? Then? Right. The, the question is, is how does that translate to his motos? Because I, I don't feel that he is anywhere near as prepared as he was last year. Yeah. I, I, I don't know that. You know, I'm not Christopher Purcell. But I, that's my honest opinion, uh, given the information I have at hand. So if he was getting tired last year, if he wasn't able to go 35 minutes you know, flat out on a 250F, I don't see how anyone could think he can do that on a 450 this year. So Would you, would you put him in your top 10? Yes. For he, a is, he is somewhere in the 8 to 10. The out, yeah, yeah, I have him 6 to 10. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to wait and see on, on where exactly I put him on six to 10. Just, I, I want to see how he looks. I want to see how the bike looks. I want to see kind of his body language. Um, and you know, how he, just his confidence level when he's riding. Mm-hmm. Um, I could, I could put him six, but I have him closer to like the eight, nine. Yeah. Nine, I, I would put him right off the bat without any gate drops on him for a while and sort of the late signing and. I mean, I would put him 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, you know, to start. 
that's all. Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah. I, I think I think eleven twelve. Um, I think he'll be a little bit better than that because mm-hmm. I think he'll he'll get good starts and um, the Hangtown track. I think he'll be able to kind of pick his way around uh, pretty well. You know, we've seen him win there before and stuff like that mm-hmm. on the two VDF. So I think he'll be a, a bit better than that, and I, I really think that the cool temperatures are really going to help him because the high is 75. Yeah. So yeah. we're talking the first moto, it's going to be 68, you know, probably something right. like that, which is I, super ideal for him and right. probably the coolest temperatures we'll see all year. So yeah, yeah. he has that going for him anyway. Um, so we got the top three. We talked about the top three. We talked about Porcel, the wild card. Uh, four, five, six. I got to put Baggett in there, right? Four, five, like for sure. Yeah, I, I have him at four. I have. I talked to somebody, an insider, quote unquote, an insider, who said things aren't going well over there. But I don't know. I mean, I, that's just it's hard to believe. I mean, I know, right? In in what in what way? I mean, uh, wrist, or just... wrist and testing and that kind of stuff. Yeah, but yeah, it's just hard to believe from what I've seen at Supercross. I mean, sure that could be. I could be absolutely wrong and no yeah. idea what I'm talking about, but. Everything I've seen from him riding, it suggests the opposite. Yeah, yeah, no, exactly. So, you got you're gonna have uh, you're gonna have him four. You're gonna have him four. I, I'd say four, five, six. You know, somewhere around there. Sealy also can't be counted out. Anderson, Chad Reed, uh, Pike, Pike. I think I put, I put Pike in the top seven. I put Barsha in the top seven. I have Pike at my five. Okay. Yeah. Yep, I have Pike at my five. Uh, I think these first two rounds especially, uh, he's he's from California. He knows how to ride this dirt. And for anyone who's never been to California or raced in California or ridden in California, the dirt is different. It's harder. Uh, it's just a different soil composition. And, and it's something I struggled with at times uh, to get used to. But this mm-hmm. is yeah. you know right up his alley. This is what he knows. And he, he knows how to trust the dirt and knows how it's going to react and all that kind of stuff. So I think he'll be good. I think uh, that Yamaha – as we've seen in Supercross, has got him out, gotten him out to good starts, yeah. which he has always struggled with, and he has not been struggling with this year. So, the JGR bike is not one that lacks horsepower. Uh, we've seen that the past few years. So, I see his starts going well, and I think he'll be, I think he'll be right up there at the beginning. You know, I, I don't, we'll see how that goes, uh, but I have him right in that five six. I, I do. You know, from what we've seen in Supercross, man, he's if he's getting third in Supercross, it's hard to talk me out of him getting at least fifth or sixth in outdoors. Yeah, really, right? Um, the couple guys that we haven't seen uh, much of in Supercross, uh, Freddie Norton and Filthy Phil, are, are we putting them in the top ten? Uh, is that... Norton's going to be tough. I don't think but... I can yeah. this early. Right. I don't think I Phil, can. Phil doesn't like the California tracks, doesn't do that well on them, hates SoCal in general. Probably... You know what, though? Having said that, sorry to cut you off, having said that, do you remember when Phil was on... Alan Brown's team two years ago. Mm-hmm. At, I, I want to say it was, yeah, it was two years ago at Hangtown, and he went like 11 11. Yeah. Out of nowhere. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. So, as much as he hates these tracks, he seems to ride them pretty well. Right. And last year, man, he whole shot it like, yeah. seemed like every damn weekend. So, also, too, something to think about with Phil is uh, he's one of those guys, like a 250 West guy, who's got a huge jump on the outdoors. Uh, yep. He's been on it for a long time, and those guys, you you know, it's legit, like a legitimate thing. Like you see those guys, they come in a little bit better prepared, and Phil could be one of those guys doing most. Oh, there's for no a doubt about thing. it. I, from my own personal experience, these first couple races were really tough for me because I felt like I was so far behind the eight ball, 
compared to uh, not only 250 guys that had moved up, but mm-hmm. also just the local guys who have been riding outdoors for the past yep. 20 years getting ready for this. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's, it's just really a tough situation to just jump into and be at 100% your maximum speed, which, mm-hmm. you know, let's face it, this is the highest level of motocross racing we have, so you have to be at your best. Uh, so I, I could certainly see Phil uh, capitalizing on that early, especially especially if he can duplicate the great starts he got in the early rounds last year. All right, let's put Phil in the top ten. Let's put him in there, right around right on the tenth or so. Right? I, I I agree. I agree. But man, when we start looking at the list, it's I like, know. No, okay, we, what do we do with these other guys? No, exactly. We got Dungey and we got Kenny Roxon and Eli Tomac and Blake Baggett and Weston Pike. Chad Reed, you have to put in there, no matter what. Uh, Barsha is badass. You got to put him in there. Um, that's already uh, seven guys. Um, Christoph Porcel, we're putting Seeley. in there. And Sealy. Okay, so there's ten, almost. Jason so. Anderson. Right. All right. Yeah. Good point. It's it's really tough. I yeah. mean, I've been looking at these lists for a couple of days, just trying to figure this out because you've got you know twelve to fourteen guys who are all like, "Are you crazy? I'm a top ten guy," you know, and and they're right. But there's only ten spots, so someone's going to be unhappy. Yeah, uh, Brock Tickle. Right. I mean, Brock Tickle. Right. He has to be a top ten guy. Right. Yeah. yeah. No, you're absolutely right. So, uh, yeah, it's tough. The opening round is tough. There's no doubt. I mean, there'll be a couple of guys who have just terrible first rounds, but you know, due to crashes or, or, or mechanical, but that's impossible to predict. You know, the, the top ten won't line up perfectly, but right. which guy that is, who knows. Yeah, so, I mean, and, and I don't know what his status is, but Josh Grant would have been another one. Right. And will be when yep. he comes back. I mean, he's 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 a top-ten guy. I don't know how else to tell you. You know, For people who don't know, Grant crashed practicing, and he uh, knocked himself out for a little bit. So he's fine. He's out of the hospital and all that kind of stuff. But with any kind of head injury, you know, he's got to uh, got to take your time with it for coming back. So Yeah, it's, these races are the ones when I was racing that I was like, what the hell? How am I even going to get points? You know, because you look at you look at the lineup and you're you're yeah. trying to slot yourself in there. Yeah. And I would just go back to okay, been doing this for twelve, fifteen, whatever, how many years it had been at the time. Mm-hmm. I always finish here in points. I always do this. You know, like so you just gotta like will yourself into it. But you look at the list and you're just like, holy hell! Like, yeah. I gotta find um, myself in here somewhere, and this is not an easy list to get into. Look, there's times the twenty two. Um, you would he's going balls out and he's in twelfth and he's balls out with some dude and you're like wow you know like that's just how outdoors are I mean yep. he's, he's not riding great but you know what I mean just one of those things where if you're not on your day you're not feeling it you're you're in twelfth you're racing hard for twelfth <laughs> yeah let's so. let's make a little list here now that we have time so we have our top three yeah we had we had bag at four yeah we had Pike five Pike five who do you have six I had CR six. But, you know. Okay, we'll go. We'll go six. I, I think that's going to be a struggle for him to get yeah. six. Okay, but, yeah. So uh, ba- ba- Bam Bam yeah. seven, Kristoff eight, Cole Seely nine, and ten. I had um, Brayton, but I was that was probably just off the top of my head. I, I don't think. Who, I did, who did you have seven? I sorry, I missed. Oh, that. seven was Barsha. Okay, what about Tickle? I don't have him. <laughs> <laughs> right. That's crazy, right? Right. I don't have Tickle. Yeah. Don't have Nicoletti. Don't have Will Hahn. Um. Yeah, it's gonna be crazy. It's, isn't and isn't Metcalf doing the first one? I think he is. I'm not sure. Yeah, I think he I'm is. Not sure. Yeah, I think he's doing the first one. 
So getting ready for Canada. No, you know what? He's doing the first two. Getting ready for Canada. So Brett Metcalf will be there. So he got fourth overall yeah, last year. It's just a crazy list. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't envy. I don't envy these guys because they have a lot of expectations and pressure put upon them, and someone's gonna someone's gonna lose out. You know, not all these guys can fit. It's just physics. So it's math, bro. Um, yep. Matt Lamore and Kyle Cunningham, a couple of two fifty guys jumping to four fifties. So that should be interesting to see where those guys yep. go, how they do. Um, I heard Freeze is going to show up. I guess we'll see. Yeah, Freeze will be there. Uh, Millsaps will be rejoining the fray uh, here Half, soon. Halfway through, I heard. So we got some time yeah. on that. Um, and yeah, Brayton's a guy. I had him tenth. I just put number ten next to the tenth spot. But Brayton's a guy who struggled in California, struggled in nationals in general, struggled in California. I, I'm not sure you can put him in the top ten. Not ahead of Josh a guy Grant. like Brock Tickle. Yeah, Grant. I'm just not sure. Yeah, question mark. So. Yeah, I mean, for sure, by Glenn Helen, I would think he'll be more than fine. He, there's yeah. no way he's missing Glenn Helen. No, no, I agree. Uh, for Moto Dynasty, for the 450 class, for, for qualifying and for, I guess they have heat winner, meaning a Moto winner, and a whole shot. With no Andrew Short in the pole position, what, are any of those gimmies, or would you stay away? I don't, I don't like it. I think they're not, not at the first round, anyways. No, I, I, I honestly don't think that I'll touch it unless we have just a, a rash of injuries at the top of the field. I don't think that I'll be going with the pole position at any point. Right, right. Just don't, I don't think the I don't think there's enough value there. It's yeah. Way too unpredictable. Right. Um, Two fifty class Moto Dynasty um, again. Martin Webb Muscan, top three in some order. We believe. Um, I put Webb first. I don't know about Hangtown, but in championship mode, I put Webb first, then Martin, then Muscan. You and Wygant did a little different than me. You guys still think Martin's going to defend. But for Hangtown, wow, that's, the jury's wide o- wide open there, man. Uh, Adam Cincerello, where would you slot Adam right now if you had to for Hangtown? I have, just for Hangtown alone, uh, I have him somewhere four to six. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's, I think that's fair. Yeah. Couldn't you see him go five seven seven five something like that? You know, sure, yeah, yeah. for yeah. fifth overall or whatever. So yeah. I, think, I think that's a fair spot. Do you think um, for Hangtown only? I mean, we talked about our best, our top three guys as far as a championship goes. But do you think uh, top three at Hangtown could be any different? I don't think so. I think I think if Cooper Webb is one hundred percent, which we're always just assuming. Mm-hmm. I think those are your top three, uh, Martin, Muscan, Webb, and in whatever order you think is most appropriate. Yeah. But I think I think those three are the class of the field. Uh, I, I do think Cincerillo can get in there, uh, but I, I just don't know how quickly that will happen. He may be ready to go, and, and you know I, I haven't seen him ride personally, so he may be 100% right now like ready to win. I, I don't know that. Right. But I do know the other three are, so – Osborne, Bogle, Justin Hill, Savachi, that next group. Yeah, I have with Bogle a, with in AC. my fourth, fourth yeah. spot. Right. Uh, I think he's in a good place. He's a great starter. He took Vegas off to prepare. Uh, and and really, I was thinking about this today. He's Honda's great hope, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I mean, I, you know, I think Honda's probably going to put a, put whatever effort they can into him. And I know that's, it's Geico's rider per se, but really, if you're Honda, why would you not want to help 
the kid as much as you can because I don't see anyone else coming from that camp that can win. And maybe, maybe that's not fair. Maybe Jordan Smith or RJ Hampshire, those guys do. But I would think that Honda has to look at it as Bo was our shot. Yeah. No, absolutely. Hampshire, uh, Plessinger, those kind of rookie kids, Jordan Smith, are they top 10? Probably top 10, right? I think so. Uh, I think, you know, any of those guys, you could kind of switch in and out an Aldridge, a Plessinger, a Hampshire, a Jordan mm-hmm. Smith, uh, on and on, uh, um, A-Rod, uh, mm-hmm. Anthony Rodriguez. Uh, I, I just think there's a ton of guys, and I think we'll see a, a lot, a lot of mix-up and shake-up in that top 10 uh, as the rounds go on. Because let's face it, these guys are kids, and they'll make mistakes, and they'll do crashes and first-turn pileups. Right. And, all kinds of crazy things that these, you know, the same things that make these kids so fast is also the, they're the same things that make them inconsistent. Yep. You know, they push too hard and they make bad decisions and all that stuff. And for people who didn't know, Tonus is out for this weekend and maybe longer. So pro circuits, Tonus right. as an illness or whatever, something's going on. Epstein bar ish. He's going to be out for a while. Justin Hill fast looks good. Great bike. Great team. Now what? Where do you put him? I don't know. I mean, uh, he's he won every damn heat race in Supercross. I feel like I think he won four four heat races, uh, and then the main events just weren't there. So yeah, I'm not I'm not expecting the world from him early. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just feel like that's the safer bet. But I, I still think he's a top ten guy. There's no doubt about that. But. I just feel like he, he has more than that in him. I don't know what's going on with him or, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know him at all. Uh, but I, I I would feel that KTM would agree with the statement that he has underperformed so far this season. So uh, does that continue? That's the question. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think he had a pretty good hang time last year, if I remember right. At least one moto came from came from the ways back. He knows how to ride. Yeah. Uh, this is a this, – well, Washuga would be closer, but this would be his second kind mm-hmm. of home race. Right. So I think he rides the hard, slick stuff pretty well. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I mean, it wouldn't shock me if he did well. It just, you know, right. it really hasn't panned out so far this year. So it's kind of got to go from what you know, and it hasn't been that great so far. Mm-hmm. You like uh, you like um, Jesse Nelson to do well this year outdoors? I do. I think, uh, you know, he's improved a lot. He was a Supercross title contender if he didn't make a few mistakes. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, he, he showed us he could win. You know, granted, it was in the mud. I get that. Right. But uh, I never ran up front. I don't care if it was snowing. Yeah. I could never do that. So yeah, Hangtown 05. Yeah, yeah, I, I led for about uh, 300 yards. Right. Um, yeah. Who can forget? But, no, I, th- I just think he's made some, some strides. Uh, he, I think he got in with the Alden Baker crew last year and saw what it takes to to be at this level, I think it was probably an eye opener for him. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I do, I expect a lot, you know, that's assuming he's a hundred percent and has been a hundred percent from his concussion for a little while. So he's, he's ready to go. But I do, I think he's a great starter, which he has been, uh, since he's come into this sport, he was whole shotting on the Honda TLD bike, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. one or two years ago. So I, I do, I think he'll be a contender, maybe not every weekend, but yeah. we'll see flash the brilliance from him. You like him to take a step up. And be a, be I do, a, yeah. yeah. I, I think he will be a solid top five guy more times than not. N-Fab.com, RacerX Fantasy Moto Podcast on the tracker, on the trail, the hottest looking, hardest working accessories are NFAB. 
Step Systems, Light Mounting Solutions, the Bumpers and Jeep Gear, and Fab has you covered. Proudly made in Houston, Texas, US of A, n-fab.com. You want to deal on some NFAB stuff, send me an email on the contact form on pulpamex.com, and we can uh, try to help you out. Of course, NFAB running, uh, running proud, the uh, JGR team, too, of Barsha, Pike, and Nicoletti. Scott Sports, established in 1958, located in Salt Lake City, leading international manufacturer of premium bike accessories. Proud to sponsor Team Monster Energy Pro Circuit, Trey Kennard, Blake Baggett, Andrew Short, Justin Brayton, Tixier and DeSalle over in the GPs, Russell Borage in the GNCCs and Weenan ATV, Quad God, uh, where Scott Goggles made in the USA, hashtag no shortcuts, innovation, technology, and design, at Scott Motorsports, Twitter on Instagram as well. Uh, thanks to Scott for uh, helping us out also. So let's, go, let's focus on motocross fantasy a little bit, JT. Now I'm going to play this league for outdoors. I didn't play it. Never have, so I signed up, and uh, I'm in. I'm in for Motocross Fantasy. So Bring it on. Um, also, people, there's a Pulp MX League, too, um, on pulpamex.com. you got to go to the form, go on there, click Fantasy League. You'll see the rules. It's uh, top five in each class. Tenth, you got to get tenth correctly in the 450 class, tenth overall, and uh, prizes for the top three in that. So just throwing that out there. It's a little group we have. It's a little band of banditos uh, that we have over there. Been loyal for a few years. So motocross fantasy, it's a handicap league, four riders each class, can't pick the same rider two weeks in a row, but because it's the first round of the outdoors, it's wide open. Pick any, any four guys you want. So JT, looking at the handicaps, what'd you like? Who do you like for, uh, for Hangtown? The 250 class, we're talking? No, I go 450s because I got it open here in front of me. Okay, uh, we'll go 450 first, fine. Um, I don't like Michael Lessie because he's in England. Yep, that's probably not going to work out. No, no, no. Uh, I will give you a piece of advice, all you uh, fantasy nerds out there, mm-hmm. myself included. Uh, don't go with the don't go with the single points guys in outdoors. Uh, you will never win anything. You will not. Oh, okay. Be no, in this attention. is actually this is actually really good advice for reals. Like you're so never go with if you can't pick a fourth guy or a third guy. Say you got two guys. Uh, and you, I mean, I w- I don't want to say never. Okay. Uh, and let, you know, if it's mud or anything like that, like I said earlier, then, then maybe, Yeah. but you really, really, really have to capitalize on points. You have to get a lot, a lot of points to succeed in the outdoors. I'm talking big, you have to put up big numbers. Okay. And to do that, you need to get, you know, double points out of these guys more times than not. Um, well, that's just the only way, the only way you're going to win anything, the only way you're going to be in contention for real prizes or, you know, so. Well, honestly, I mean, okay, so double points, guys, on my screen are gray, C- correct? Okay. Uh, yeah, they're, it, depending on if you're an iPhone or on a right. on a computer. I like um, I like um, Porcel's double points. Handicap uh, zero. Christoph Porcel if he gets, if he gets is top 10. double points zero, yep. So he has yep. to get, so he's got to get top ten. Tenth or better gets you double points for Christoph Porcel. Correct. Um, so basically, people, these handicaps are going off tenth or better. Uh, if you're grayed out or red out or whatever, those are double points, people. So Anderson is not, Baggett is not, Kennard is not, Dungey is not. Everybody uh, right. in that kind of group of guys. So yep. it's basically your your elite guys will yeah, not be right. Um, Metcalf, uh, we heard I I I've heard he's racing. He told me he was. So that's a yep. good pick, tenth or better, double points. That would be a, a slam dunk, right? It is. Uh, I think it's the field is the field is tough. Uh, so I, I don't know if it's a slam dunk. It, if you think that he will get fifth place, then it's a good pick. 
if you think he's going to get ninth place, okay, then it's I don't necessarily think it's the best pick in the world. I don't. So okay, well I'm new to this motocross fantasy and I'm looking at his list and I don't like a whole lot of guys. Chisholm, yeah, seventeenth or I better, agreed. yeah. Right, I, I was looking at the 450 list earlier today and just preparing for this, and I, I do agree this this 450 list is tough this weekend. Uh huh. Um, so keep that in mind. You know, watch practice times and all that stuff. Generally, there this the first round is pretty wide open. There's a lot of big handicaps, but it seems like he's he's kind of reeled that in a bit. Um, yeah. So yeah, you know that. If you have to, you just can't find a guy, then sure, go with a dungeon because you're probably going to get, you know, 42 to 50 points. Right. I would say 99 out of 100 times. Um, what you don't want to do is go with a great guy like, uh, say, Jason Anderson. And that's not picking on Jason Anderson, but he could go, I don't know, 519. You know, it's just it's right. his first race ever on a 450. He's an inconsistent outdoor guy, you know, stuff like that happens. So if you're going to go with a gray, or I'm sorry, a single points guy, mm-hmm. go with a guarantee. Go with a guy like Tomac, who even if he crashes on the start, he's still going to get like fourth. You know, that's just right. what they, what those guys do. Killy Rosk, 18th or better for double points uh, on a Rock River Yamaha, you know, maybe. Yeah, it's um, tough, though. I mean, you, you go down the list of riders, and man, uh, yeah, sure, he could get top 18, but it's not a shoe-in. promise you that. Well, give me some guys then. Well, I'm looking here. Um, <laughs> you know, I think there are there aren't there aren't a bunch that just jump off the page at no. you, which is actually a good thing. It sounds bad, but it's good, right? Because when there are guys that jump off the page, every person picks them mm-hmm. every single time, and then it's just everyone has the same guys, and that's not really a lot of fun. Uh, what you want is you want a lot of guys that are similar value, which I think this presents because you have a guy like Justin Barsha who's a zero, and a guy like Justin Braden who's a three. You could make a case for either one of those being better than the other. Uh, you know, I, I don't know that Justin Barsh is three positions better than than Justin Brayton, but some people could say that. I, I could hear that argument being made. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you look at, like, a Kyle Chisholm. Is Justin Brayton four positions better than Kyle Chisholm? I don't know that. he You know, in Supercross he wasn't. So yeah. we'll see. Uh, that's, what, that's what you want, though, like a Will Hans, a four – I think that's a tough, tough ask from Will coming coming yeah, off some big injury. I, agree. I wouldn't pick that. No offense to Will. Right, right. That's no. what I'm saying. It's a uh, tough one. Uh, Metcalf, depending on what you think he'll do, it could be a great pick. It could be an average pick. Um, you know, that's you have no, you don't have a lot of uh, leeway there because if he gets a bad start and he gets 11, man, that's not good for you. That's really, really bad. So. I don't see, as you alluded to, I don't see a ton where you're just like, oh my gosh, I have to have him. Uh, but that's good because everyone right. would see that. You're, you're not that, you know, we're not so, that smart. You you know, know, people on, are going to see the same thing. On a Wednesday afternoon, who do you like? Motocross Fantasy 450 guys. Four guys. Who do, you, who do you like? My four guys at the moment will probably be something like Vince Freeze at a nine, uh, Brett Metcalf at a zero. Uh, Christoph Purcell possibly Ooh, I, in there. I'm going to wait and see. I'm yeah. going to wait and see how how he does in practice, how he looks. That's what I'm saying. Possibly. Uh, <clears throat> Nick Schmidt at a 15 could could make the cut. Um, and then I, I don't know. After that, it, it's really going to depend on how it goes on race day because 
like I said, it's not, it's not easy. And I know that, that I'm making that sound like a negative, but it's really a positive because a lot of these guys, uh, you, you could be right. You could be wrong. And that's, that's what mm-hmm. this is all about. Right. So. Yeah. It's tough. I, I and now obviously too, there's going to be, do they change? Does motocross fantasy add to this list after practice when they see who's lined up? Do they? No, no, they don't. They okay. Don't. So this is it. So even if there's some weirdo dude that shows up, but, uh, they could add a guy. Well, but it wouldn't be they wouldn't be that that proactive. I, okay. I highly doubt because what happens is it's not fair to people who have been looking at the list all week. They set their picks and then they, oh, I shoot, I didn't go look twenty seven minutes before the race started. Right. You know that's that's not really fair. Well, I guarantee so. you, there's going to be some guys on this that are are doing pretty well that are not on this list. And what's what's supposed to happen is is and I don't know that he has access to it yet or he's done it, but he's supposed to take the pre-entry list okay. and apply that. Right. So right. I don't know that when that'll happen, if it hasn't happened yet, but that's generally the way it goes. Yeah, I don't, I don't like any of these that much that none of these. Jump no, I, I, I completely yeah. agree. I mean, I could make a case against a lot of these, you know, Frederick Norn at a five there, you know, I don't know how he's going to do yeah. that. The field's completely stacked up right now. Uh, Ronnie Stewart really out of twelve? No, no, not, not in the field the way it is right now. Yeah, anyway. yeah. All right. Maybe if it was uh, if it was Mount Morris, maybe. Yeah, like a more of an East Coast guy. You mean? Yeah. Well, he's he's from PMPA. So. Ronnie's from PA. Yeah, I thought Ronnie's from Jersey. Uh, I, I'm pretty sure it's Pennsylvania. Oh, okay. Yeah, uh, but I mean, what you're what we're talking about in PA is like it's all the same. Like you're right. right. It's all you know, twenty minutes from each other. Okay, so two fifty class motocross fantasy. Uh, what do you like? Two fifty is a little bit better uh, on this side. I feel like there's a lot of viable options um, starting right at the top. I don't feel like Dakota Alex is that terrible at a nine. Mm-hmm. Uh, Daniel 19th. Baker is a twelve, um, and he's a complete unknown. But I'm telling you right now. That kid can go fast. So, how he responds to it to two thirty-five minute motos, anybody's <laughs> guess. But right. I will promise you that he will go fast. Right. Twenty second Bell is six. Yeah. What's that? Twenty second or better for uh, Daniel Baker. Correct. Gets you. Correct. Gets yep. you some good points. Uh, Zach Bell six. Uh, who knows? You know, if he finally gets that start, maybe he does something. Uh, yeah, like going like down. R- you know, like R.J. Hampshire what? is not a handicap. That's he should be a handicap. RJ did not have great results at the end of the season last year. He was all right. He's on a Geico bike. He's going to do well. But to have him not in the field as a, as a handicap to me is pretty silly. Yeah, I, I think so, too. Um, he, You know, Justin will look at his results, and I think he was in the top ten uh, quite a bit at the end. So that's kind of what he's basing it on. Because what happens is you have to have some single-point guys. Yeah. So he's looking at it and he's like, okay, who am I going to put in there? You know, right. I right. – all, I, all I've seen from R.J. Hampshire is the few motos he did last year, and he seemed like he was in the top ten a lot. So, um, uh, I, I do agree. I, I would say that I would put Alex Martin ahead of R.J. Hampshire, uh, yeah. and that's not how it's listed here. Right, so, right. you could certainly make that case. Um, um, Resland eighteen or better gets you double points. I like that pick. Yeah, that's. Uh, that's pretty solid. You know, we'll see how he does. He was kind of a 13, 14, 15 guy last year in the races he did. 
Uh, you know, there's just there are guys like a Plessinger to one. I don't, I don't, well, we don't know how he's going to do. Yeah, um, stay away from any kind of rookie like that. I think that's. I think Kyle sure. Peters as an eight is pretty good. Yeah, yeah, Peters is he pretty seems solid. Pretty good. Uh, Oldenburg at an eight. You know, he, he certainly could do better than that. Uh, Jordan Smith at a five. I love that. I will be. I will be all over that. Really? Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's, he's he's real. That kid's fast out there. I know. He did but not still, get hired for a Supercross prowess. Still, though, f- the kid just he's got to keep you know fifth. I want to see how he can do before I go in. You know what I mean? Like so, their opening round, I would stay away because I want to see if he can keep it on two wheels, do two 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 thirties, and then pull it together from there. That, that yeah. would just be my and, and yeah. unless he is just flipping across the track in practice, you can count on the one twenty six being on my team, right? McElrath, 12 or better. I like that. Do you? I don't know. Yeah. Nah. I don't love it. Okay. I mean, he's got he's to do well. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, I don't, it's tough. Yeah, I, I can't argue with the pick, but I don't, I don't necessarily love it either. Right. Uh, one thing, they have Tommy Hahn listed in 250s. He's racing 450s. So right. Something, something right. to think about. Put him and in that there. happens. It's yeah. his first round. Is, yeah. yeah. You know. Exactly. Um. So what do you like? What, start, what stands out? Jordan Smith, obviously. What else stands out? Yeah, for Jordan you? Smith will be on the team with uh, at this point. I would say for sure. Um, let's take a look here. Uh, I think that possibly, uh, possibly Zach Bell makes it. Uh, I feel like he's better than 16th place. Uh, he's a good starter. Mm-hmm. On and on and on. Um, so that would be two see here uh i think kyle peters could make it at an eight yeah i don't and i think think maybe oldenburg at an eight oldenburg's a bit sketchier i think peters is a more of a solid lock there but certainly not that bad yeah um what about bachelia 13th or better yeah it's it's doable certainly doable i just hate i hate the numbers when you get down in the one the zero one twos and threes right because you're so close to a guy like Pachelia who, what do you think, like, a good moto for, for him is? What do you think if he goes out there and is like, yeah, that was a good moto? Uh, like, seventh or eighth. Five, six, seven, eight? Yeah. So what's an average moto? Nine, ten, eleven? Yeah. So anything worse than average, <clears throat> you're getting a bad score. Right, right. You're not going to get a good score out of him. So. Right. It just really cuts down on the upside, which I hate doing in Fantasy Moto. Fantasy is all about banking on upside, and you're just you're you're kind of you know cutting that off of the knees uh, because he's not going to get he's not going to get third, and that and that's my opinion. Maybe it's not fair to say I could be dead wrong, but I don't think he's going to get third. So you have no chance of getting fifty points out of him, which mm-hmm. is always the goal. Right. Uh, where if you go with a guy like Daniel Baker. I'm telling you, that kid could get 12th. I don't feel like that's anything out of line. That's not He's not winning the race. He's getting 12th place in a moto, yeah. which we've seen Renslin do. We've seen Archer Hampshire do. Right. We've seen all these kids do moving up. If he gets 12th place, that's 50 points in one moto. You know, that's that's a, that's a lot. Right. So that's what I say. It's, it's all about that, uh, you know, trying to maximize the upside. That's what you're really, really so if, trying to in your, chance on. In your advice in motocross fantasy, if you're struggling for a guy and 
you know, you can take a pick like Dungey, who's going to get you top three. Or you can pick take a pick on a kid that you think can do it, but you're not sure. You're, say, say the, the, the fantasy pie is whatever. Um, and you're 70% sure that this kid can make the points that you need. But you're 100% sure Dungey can. But that 70% chance this kid will pay off. Always go with the kid. Is that kind of what you've been saying? In your, I mean, I don't know though that necessarily it's go with the kid, um, but I think if you have two guys that are you just can't make your mind up, you want to lean towards the one with more upside. And Dungy, you can only get twenty five points. Right. I, you know, doesn't matter. He can lap second place. And you're only getting twenty five points out of him. So it's really hard to to have that really big score of a weekend with picks like that you just can't do it off the top of your off the top of your head in motocross fantasy in a season what percent of times would you pick a guy that's not a handicap obviously i mean just off the top of your head just what what, uh i would say less than i would say maybe 10 to 15 percent oh okay so yeah so much much more handicap guys picked money yeah oh uh, way more yeah right right. yeah supercross i supercross i go with those guys more often because they have to qualify for the main event, which we know is tough at times. Right. We know that these guys are going to be in the race. If you have a guy that you're debating putting on your team, he's going to be in the race. He's going to qualify. So that's half the battle right there. Uh, then, you know, if it's a guy and is a 22 handicapper, he's a 12 handicapper, a 15 handicap, let's say, and it, and it will grow into the highest is an 18 handicap, all he has to do is is do decent. He can crash on the start and still get twenty second mm-hmm. if the guy's pretty good. Yeah. So it really minimizes your chance for a, a complete disaster. Where in Supercross it's just such more of a crapshoot. You know, if a guy's a handicap fifth, a handicap five, he could easily get seventeen. Right. And you're just completely well, screwed. I mean, look at how many times in the national motos is thirtieth place the last guy. There's 10 DNFs, yep. 9 DNFs. Right. You know what I mean? That happens a lot. Right. And so, if you want to see someone losing their mind, let me watch one of my fantasy guys pulling off for no reason about halfway. <laughs> yeah, really, right? <laughs> you and Dan Truman, not happy. No. No, that is not okay with me. Um, anything else? I have actually, we... and that, just a little side note. Yep. I have pulled into the mechanics area where Dan Truman was my mechanic. And crashed my brains out, sore. You know, the, the moto's done for all intents and purposes. Right. And we both made a collective decision that I would go back out and finish the moto for fantasy points because we had both picked me that day. <laughs> that, has, that has happened. That has directly happened, right. That has happened, yeah. Your, your Tweety birds are going everywhere. Your bike. No, nah, it, it was, I was just sore. My like, kind of bars were bent up and right, wheels right. twisted. I pulled in to fix it and we're like, there's no way I'm catching up to get, you know, points yeah. decent finish but i i'm a handicap 18 coming into this because it was my first race of the year i can get i can get back to 28 let's go let's go let's go and it just panic and get me back out there <laughs> yeah that Classic, happens all time um yep all right anything else to be covered i mean we, we will be able to i think know a lot more next week after we see these guys outdoors how they're going how their skill and stamina is and who's racing frankly too and um and you'll be able to maybe make a little bit better predictions. But for now, people, the number one thing for Hangtown is take a look at these practice times on Saturday morning. because that, Yeah, we, that we went pretty general uh, in this first one, but I, I, I wanted to do that because I want 
for people to understand the concepts and the things that are different uh, from Supercross to Outdoors and, and the things that you need to think, think about differently. Uh, but sure, we will have tons and tons of information that we can get very, very specific moving forward. Uh, but this is a good start for us anyway. Yeah, absolutely. The NFAB Racer X Fantasy Moto Pod, MotocrossFantasy.com, MotoDynasty.com, the two leagues that we're going to focus on for this coming outdoor season. Get the Moto Dynasty, get it on uh, Racer X, and uh, go from there. And uh, yeah, good luck to everybody. If you want to win some good prizes from both leagues, uh, weekly prizes, year end prizes, motorcycles, cash, that kind of stuff, play some Fantasy Moto. Thanks for listening. We appreciate it. Thanks, JT. Yeah, man. See ya. See ya.